Hi, welcome to Daily Dose Danny. Today, I'm very excited to talk to Hong Kong-based celebrity, YouTuber, and content creator storyteller for the culinary space. In today's episode, I'm talking to Debbie Wong, a multimedia host, writer, and content creator. She was classically trained as an actress, a former professional cook. She is very passionate about the power of food to tell stories, occupying a unique space in media, combining worlds of foods and entertainment. Today, she's sharing her global story and her passion for food and some of her favorite restaurants here in Hong Kong. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Please tell us more about yourself. Thank you. Um, a bit about myself and what I do. Um, I Well, right now, I am a TV host. Um, I mainly work with Asian Food Network. Um, I also, uh, also, for Asian Food Network, I'll um, host mostly cooking shows or other food-related shows, a lot of travel shows. Um, and uh, I started doing that by um, starting a YouTube cooking channel. Um, and that's what led me to doing um, television and um, working with uh, brands um, and leading to what I do now. That's so exciting. So <laughs> you've carved out such a unique niche and sort of um, opportunity for yourself. Um, can you tell us more about how you started building your dream and passion into from for food to into actual entertainment? And how did you go about building all of this? Oh, wow. Um I mean, I guess I did build it looking back, but um, I, <laughs> I have to say that it was really um, a lot of it was just uh, me f- having faith and following a passion and not giving up. Um, but uh, it all it uh, for me it all started very young when I was four. I started doing ballet lessons, and that really planted the seed of just loving um, performance. Um, and later on, I realized it was, you know, really connected to storytelling. But when I was young, it was just, um, I really found a, a love and I think a talent in in expressing myself with my body and my voice. Um, so I, you know, started dancing very seriously, did ballet till I was maybe 15. Um, and then I started to get into theater and then I started to get into um, acting. Um, and then when I went to university, I studied film. Um, and all the while I was in like student films, independent films, and I would start doing TV commercials. And um, so I, I kind of followed, um, I, I thought I was going to be an actress. Um, I guess I still am in, in some ways, but I, I really pursued that. Um, and uh, then I'm, after my degree, I, I decided I really wanted to study acting um, properly. So I moved to New York City and I went to performing arts school. I went to a conservatory called um, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And it was a very kind of uh, old school, um, very strict, very classical um, acting training. Um, uh, and I focused in musical theater. So it was singing, acting, dancing, uh, voice lessons, um, and all of that. Um, uh, so yeah, that's my, that was my educational background. And, and most of my background was in, is in the performing arts. Um, and the food kind of came, kind of creeped up in a, in a unexpected way. I always, uh, 
had a passion for it since I was very little. I always, I only watched cooking shows on TV and uh, I only really read cookbooks. Um, but it wasn't a passion that I really shared with anyone because when I was growing up, food wasn't really the kind of phenomenon that it is now culturally. Um, and so it was always like, like a secret passion. Um, I always cooked for myself since I was very young. I, I probably started cooking for myself around 12 or 13 and always loved it. Um, always put on imaginary cooking shows in my kitchen and things like that. Um, and so I kind of always had that background. And then when I started, when I was working as an actor full time, um, I guess this would have been in my early 20s, I started, you know, working in, in acting. Um, off and on, I would work as a cook. So it was always kind of two passions that were alongside one another, but didn't really combine until I started um, doing food, food media. So it's great that you could combine your love for dancing, acting, and media into your love for food. Mm -hmm. So tell me, when did you actually kickstart your own personal YouTube channel? Um, I started my YouTube channel in 2012, I think. Um, and um, that, was, that was when I was living in Montreal. And I was there um, actually for my partner's job. So I, I moved there without... Um, uh, it was kind of a new place, new experience, and I, I needed to kind of find something that was my own. And uh, at that point, I had been acting full time and I had worked as a cook. So I thought, you know what, there's this YouTube thing. And at that time, no one was making a career out of YouTube yet. Um, it was just still a, kind of the Wild West. People were just putting up things. And so I, my whole purpose for um, making my first cooking videos really was to just um, put something out there that was made by me and my own voice, you know, because such a good way to showcase your, your passion and your skills all in one channel. Yeah. Yeah. And it, when I first did it, I, I, I didn't even think that deeply about it. It was just, um, I had been acting for a while and I just realized that, you know, it was uh, while it was something I had studied to do and enjoyed doing, I realized that I wasn't really telling my own stories. I, you know, I was always saying lines that someone else wrote, um, being in someone else's movie, wearing clothes that someone else told me to wear. So it wasn't, I didn't have that creative control that I realized that I wanted. And so um, that was really the reason of starting a, sh a YouTube show. I just wanted something that was my voice. Yeah, I think that sense of community and just able to produce something that you know is going to add value to people's lives or be engaging or interesting is, is really a good part of what mm -hmm. you're doing. Cool. So I love some of your articles on Asian Food Network. Um, what about food do you love so much and what brought about this international twist in the foods that you create? Mm, um, thank you. Thank you. I really enjoy the writing, actually. I just... You know, I, I'd been a host with them for a number of years and I just started writing articles for their platform uh, about a year ago. And uh, yeah, I love the opportunity because I've always loved I've always loved words. I've always loved expressing myself that way. Um, and uh, what brought out the international twist? I um, I grew up in a multicultural city. Um, my, my family's from Hong Kong, but we immigrated to Canada when I was just one year old. And uh, we grew up in Vancouver where there's, you know, people from all over the world and different languages and cultures and um, a lot of Asian influence. Um, 
but also it's, you know, it's a North American city. So it's, uh, it's multicultural. Um, and so it was very natural for me to, uh, y- you know, not think of a particular one particular country or one particular cuisine um, because I see myself as really a hybrid of so many different places and influences. Um, growing up, I would um, eat all kinds of food. My, my parents are very um, global, I guess. They're very culturally attuned. They're both well-traveled. And so, uh, you know, growing up, I remember, you know, eating pasta one day, Chinese food the next, Vietnamese the next, Indian the next, um, Thai the next, and it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Um, so I guess it just came naturally to me. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish I grew up with such diversity. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of your favorite foods or dishes in, um, in country specific or general? Um, gosh, I, I tend to really gravitate towards um, sour, spicy. I, I like intense and fresh flavors. So I love Thai food. Um, so one dish that really stands out Actually, it's not Thai, but it, it has those kinds of flavors. It's a Malaysian dish called Asam Pedas. And uh, I discovered it on one of my shows that we're filming in Kuala Lumpur. And it's um, it's this beautiful, like, spicy, sour, um, tomato-based uh, brothy sauce that has uh, fish poached in it. And you have it with rice. And it's just, like, it's just perfect. I love spicy fish curry-ish dishes <laughs> um, that does sound amazing yeah I didn't even try yeah that, it's but. very specific to this certain area um so yeah it's the only place I've ever had it um but I don't know as for other favorites I'm I don't I'm not very picky actually I would say I'm I'm quite um I, I really like to try anything yeah and then I also have to ask, because you live in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. what are your, some of your favorite restaurants here? Oh, um, I always say Samson. Um, oh, I love that's them. That's such a fantastic <laughs> restaurant. They're just always, it's always delicious. Every time. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, and another one is New Punjab Club. The, yeah, oh, yes. That one is fantastic. <laughs> um, those yeah. two in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. I think those are some of my top yeah. favorites. I also like Chom Chom. Yeah, love Chom that Chom? place. Yeah. Um, and Cha Cha One. Love Cha Cha One. Actually, Cha Cha One I really like. I keep mixing up those two, but like Cha Cha One, I, I, I love that. I'm currently in a debate with one of my girlfriends. We cannot decide whether the dessert at Samson or Cha Cha One is better. Oh. Because I know they're quite different styles, the regions. Oh. From like where where the, you know, the type of food that they're making. But yeah. What is it? Those little round balls that you, oh, I forgot the name of Are it. they sticky rice um, or no? Not the sticky rice, no. But anyway, please go try the desserts. Okay. And let me know right. which are your favorites. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, okay, so you have so many multiple roles, as we said. You're on air, you're a host for numerous programs, you manage your own successful YouTube channel with 11.2K subscribers, um, you're also an MC and a writer. How do you juggle all you do? Mm, how do I juggle it? Um, I mean, actually, I mean, I feel like all those roles are 
I'm still me in all those roles. I feel like I, I, you know, I don't feel like I need to um, juggle those roles per se. It comes pretty um, easily to kind of flip between all those roles. It's, it's all, I, I really do look at it as I'm, I'm always me in those roles. So I don't feel like I'm changing in any way. Um, I would say, you know, the, if we're talking about juggling as a challenge, I, I, I feel like, maybe the biggest challenge for me lately has been juggling um, the roles of managing myself as a business person um, and as a uh, public sort of face. Um, You know, when I was working in North America, I always had managers and, um, or an agent, someone to represent me. But in Asia, I'm representing myself. And uh, I'm learning a lot um, by doing that. But it also is sometimes um, a challenge because you want to, you know, as someone, as someone who essentially is running her own brand, the brand of me, um, I want to make sure that I'm um, being paid what I'm worth. And, um, and, you know, just generally um, advocating for myself. Um, But at the same time, I want to be the person that they want to hire. I want to be the sparkling, you know, personality that they, that they want. Um, So uh, sometimes that's, that's uh, a a challenge and something I have to juggle, as you say. Yeah, that makes sense. I think a lot of women that are doing their own thing and trying to manage their own time, Uh, a lot of the questions are how do I price myself right? How do I not undervalue um, but and still value enough to get the clients that I want to work with? So I think that's a general struggle Mm -hmm. um, with people managing their own businesses um, or managing yourself, as you say. Cool. So um, you're an influencer slash celebrity um, and you've obviously partnered with various brands. What has been some of your favorite brands that you've worked with and why? Mm. Um, that's so weird to hear that. I, I don't, <laughs> I, don't hear, I don't consider myself a, 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 an influencer or a celebrity, but um, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> uh, my favorite brands that I've worked with, I, I would say recently I worked with World Wildlife Fund. Um, and that was a very meaningful collaboration. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I did a, I did an ad with them about ocean plastics and it was a really cool, uh, concept where I was in the kitchen cooking a dish and then, uh, you know, it looks like a normal cooking show, but all of a sudden I sprinkle plastic over what I'm cooking, uh, plastic straws, like little bits of plastic straws. And then it's, uh, you know, it was an ad for, um, bringing awareness to the fact that you're consuming everyone is consuming microplastics um every day and so um i don't know i i i've always admired world wildlife fund um i love i've always loved um animals i feel very connected to nature so i feel that that was a very um uh good collaboration and something i'll always remember yeah that's amazing and um so who would be your dream partnership or brand or collab and why um i'm gonna say two because one of them will never happen so (laughs) (laughs) dream big right (laughs) well the first one is i would say 
man, something like some sort of luxury travel hotel something. So maybe like the Rosewood or something. I love the Rosewood Hotel. So I think that would be a really cool collaboration. Um, Something that involves travel. Um, and then my other one, the one that will never happen, sadly, is is with is with Anthony Bourdain, because he is my ultimate hero and what I I want to model my career after his. Um, but obviously, it will never happen because he's not here. But um, that would would have been my ultimate partnership. Amazing, very interesting. I think it's so good to to sort of have those people in mind that you either really admire or you know want to base your career on. Or mm-hmm. I think that's great that he inspires yeah. you. So part of sort of marketing and and working with a lot of businesses, people often ask, "How can I go about working with influencers?" Um, and so, in your opinion, how can people best work with influencers, people such as yourself? What's the best approach? How do you like to sort of be managed or provided information or you prefer to have free range? What is your sort of take on when people work with you? What's the best way to go about hmm. it? Um, in terms of how I like to be approached, I think I think in general, um, I mean, and every, as you say, quote unquote, influencer is different. I, For me, the reason why I, I don't really consider myself an influencer is because I'm I I guess I kind of straddle the line between sort of traditional media um, and I guess digital media Um, and if you can see from my Instagram I I don't really have an influencer level um, number of followers Um, I'm just I don't know I'm not that savvy that way or I've I've kind of taken a different route um, um, with with what I do um, but in terms of how I like to be how I like to work I, I think I think I like to be treated as an equal I think I've had different experiences with you know different partnerships and some have a- approached me uh, you know as say hey we're, we want to work with you and they actually want to work with you and other times um, you're just um, someone that they want to use for followers or they you know you're you're one of many and and um you're not uh necessarily being treated as someone who's built up built up a uh you know um a career does that make sense yeah. yeah, totally. I think it's, again, it, it should always be seen as a collaboration and a team effort and a long-term relationship mm. rather than, hey, I just want to work with you to get a benefit, but then they don't care about the long-term relationship yeah. and how how the whole collaboration is potentially approached. So I think that's very important. Good advice. Mm. Cool. So um, your passion for food and your current sort of status and dreams where do you see this all going what are your plans for yourself in the near future um I think you know I'm I'm noticing a a a kind of trend where you know uh food has been in the the sort of cultural landscape for a long time now or not a long time now but the last I would say the last 10 years people have been food media has really exploded um but I've always felt that um you know the kind of food related shows you see on tv at least the majority of them are really only scratching the surface of what it has the power to do I think 
I, the reason why I love food so much, it's, it's, it's beyond, you know, developing recipes and um, tasting different foods and, 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 you know, obviously I, I love eating, but um, for me, it's uh, food is special because it's, it's, it really is the great connector. It's, it's something that we humans did before anything else we, we cooked and we ate. And um, I think it could be um, such a, it's really the root of, of um, so many different topics that we can talk about. You can talk about sustainability, you can talk about history, culture, um, identity, all, all with the root of food. Um, and so I think where I see, uh, where I would like to see my career going, I, I'd like to um, really tell meaningful stories based around food. Um, I would like to produce, I'd like to, um, continue being in front of the camera, but I want to also be behind the camera. I think that's so great. I think your passion for food really shines through. And I know I recently had another podcast with, um, a, a sort of NGO here in Hong Kong or a charity organization called grassroots hmm. future, I don't know if you've heard of them, but I think, you know, they also share as you the same passion for food and how it, it, it sort of brings people together and can drive various stories. And um, I just think it, it's such a good way to connect and build a community. So I'm excited to, to see how you bring that forward. In Thank the you. So another question, in your opinion, what are the current trends and movements that you are noticing with food um, and media? Um, you did just touch a bit on it. Um, also, any sustainability, anything you see that you think you want to be a part of going forward? Yeah. Um, oh, what, what am I noticing where food is going? Um Sustainability definitely is a word that's been thrown around a lot. Um, not thrown around, but it's it's like it's at the forefront of conversations now. Um, and it was funnily enough, it's it was the subject of a, um, a series of articles I recently wrote. Um, and I was as I was writing those articles, I I really uh, yeah really had time to think about that word. And it it's you know sustainability is not just about um, in, in the environmental sense, you know, we're, I, I think, um, it, it, it can, it, sustainability can be sustainability and, um, uh, how to sustain your business, how to, uh, um, sustain, um, sustainability can be sustenance what how do you nurture yourselves you know that word can is is like a web it's a conversation in and of itself um and i think that that's something that, that i'm i'm hearing more and more about um i'm also seeing a lot more um diversity like more sort of cuisines that are that are sort of uh weren't weren't so popular you know maybe five or 10 years ago, we were talking about, you know, Filipino food or um, Burmese food and, or um, sort of cuisines that people weren't um, paying attention to are now kind of coming to the forefront. I'm seeing more diversity, um, more representation um, in chefs um, and in uh, just accessibility to um, new cuisines. Um, and I'm seeing a lot more plant-based um 
plant-based food and people who are not necessarily, you know, your, your stereotypical hardcore vegetarian or vegan are, are turning to a more plant-based diet or eating more vegetables. Like for me, myself, I, um, I'm vegetarian at home. Um, and I'm more flexible when I eat out. So I would say I'm 75% veggie. Um, and I'm seeing more and more people kind of turn that way. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I think that's a good balance. I mean, not everyone, you know, I personally think I would struggle to completely cut out meat, but I'm very much open to um, being more sustainable when I'm at home, um, when I have control over what I'm eating, and then being more flexible when I go out. I think that's a, a good middle ground for some people, you know, as a transition at least into looking how we can all contribute individually to sustainability. Yeah. yeah. So one more question. If you could ever open up your own restaurant, mm -hmm. what do you think you would cook? What would the concept or theme be? Um, gosh, it would be very similar to what I do on my YouTube show. It wouldn't be, you know, kind of cuisine based. It would be just... I know this sounds really vague, but it would be like attitude based. It'd be like it would be a reflection of um, me in my food. So, f I mean, uh, fresh, accessible, um, accidentally healthy, and um, just joyful. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's sort of what, you're, you know, you're bringing your personality into mm -hmm. what you're cooking. Mm -hmm. And then last question to wrap up is, what do you think Hong Kong market food market is lacking? What would you like to see more? Oh, that's a hard question because there's a, I mean, you can get everything here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what is it lacking? Mm, honestly, sustainability. And I don't necessarily, again, I don't necessarily mean in the environmental sense. I mean like just longevity. I think it's a, this is a city of trends. And uh, a city of just like, it just like, there's the turnover with restaurant openings. It's just crazy. You know, like restaurants last like one or two years and they're really hot for a while and then people move on to the next. And um, I'd like to see a return of just um, some great, you know, neighborhood spots that will t stand the test of time. But um yeah, maybe that's a larger conversation of, uh, you know, the high rents and all that. And, this, you know, that there's a lot, you know, going against that. Um, but it'd be nice for that to happen. Yeah, I think one thing that I've picked up living in Asia, things can change very quickly and it can modernize very quickly. But I think there needs to be a good program or some regulations set in place that the local um, mom and pop shops and the local traditions aren't entirely lost in cities that are changing and revamping yeah. so quickly yeah I mean on my street there was one little place that recently closed and I was so sad because it was the one unique place everything else was kind of generic and this was the one really special place but it, it closed down recently so yeah yeah yeah, I think there's a lot of efforts out there currently trying to support local businesses and create more awareness for them. So I'm sure through your stories and everyone else's food stories, we can maintain a bit of yeah. awareness.
Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Debbie. I will be linking her channels in the episode details. Please go follow her on Instagram and her YouTube channel where she shares her different recipes and love for food through her storytelling and her YouTube channel. Thank you again, um, and I hope you learned something new about some of the amazing restaurants here in Hong Kong and more about her journey as an influencer and celebrity and how she positioned her skills and passions into a full-time career here in Hong Kong. Please do join us next time as we share amazing, inspiring stories from different women around the world. And remember, please subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also get your monthly freebies if you subscribe to our website. Thanks so much for joining. Stay motivated.